Cash Flow Diary Podcast, episode 498. Welcome to yet another exciting episode of the Cash Flow Diary Podcast, the podcast that teaches you insider tips, tactics, and strategies for creating leveraged streams of cash flow into your life. Learn from top-performing entrepreneurs, business owners, investors, and thought leaders from across the globe as they share their secrets to success. Like what you learn on this and other Cashflow Diary podcast episodes? Go to learninvestingnow.com and sign up to receive powerful tips and information that will help you succeed as an entrepreneur and investor. Now, here's your host, investor, entrepreneur, business owner, educator, speaker, author, and master facilitator of Robert Kiyosaki's Cashflow Game, Jay Massey. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Diary Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Massey, and I'm glad that you are here today because here's the thing. When it comes to building your business, especially for those of you who are looking in the real estate world, one of the things you must have are an excellent team. You got to have it. Why? Those teammates make all the difference as you continue to grow. Some of you know this already, and some of you have decided to build your business around being the teammate you know that us real estate investors and people who are building cash flow need. For example, one of those important individuals that you have in the middle of nearly every one of your transactions, especially for those of you who are using other people's money or traditional financing, is likely some loan provider of some kind. Call them a mortgage officer, lender, whatever you want to call them. The point is, is somebody is helping you get access to somebody else's money, and they're the ones who you need a great relationship with. Well, what's interesting is that there are individuals out there who have decided to make sure that they can be the ones to help your loan officer be the best or you be the best at what you do. In fact, I have with me today someone who at one time would call himself a mortgage officer, loan officer, etc. And he has survived 2008. He has lived to tell the tale. And more importantly, now he has taken his business to the next level. Very appropriately named Next Level Loan Officer is a part of the program that he has available to help your loan officer and what he's been doing out there in the marketplace to make that happen. Now you say, well, I don't wanna learn from just anybody. Well, let me ask you this. If you knew someone who had the capacity because of their information and because of the team that they have built and the skill set that they knew was able to put $100 million a year into production, would you say that they know what they're talking about? I would. Therefore, I'm excited for you to meet today, Sean Zalmanoff. What's gonna be awesome is that together we're going to learn a lot. But most importantly, we're going to learn not only what he knows, but how he can help you or your loan officer do bigger, better, badder things together so that all boats lift with this rising tide. So do me a favor, help me welcome Sean Zalmanoff. Sean, how you doing? Good, Jay. Thank you for that very warm introduction this morning. You are quite welcome, and you are in the middle of everything because, well, you're the money guy. 
<laughs> and, and in St. Louis, Missouri, man, in the middle of the United States as well, too. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it. Now, this being the first time that you're here, I have to ask you the same question I tend to ask everybody else. Are you ready? Fire. All right. I tend to look at today's entrepreneurs a lot like yesterday's superheroes, you know. Spider-Man, Batman, Robin, Wonder Woman, etc. Because I think superheroes and entrepreneurs have a ton of things in common. For example, occasionally as an entrepreneur, I can envision myself flying around town, using our products and services, saving our customers. And yes, I'm probably wearing a cape at that moment. Also, though, like a superhero, an entrepreneur has a beginning. For example, I mentioned Spider-Man. There was a time where he was just a kid going to school, doing his thing, taking some photos. Then one day he gets bit by a spider, discovers he's got superhuman abilities, and he has to choose whether he's going to use them for good or for evil. So my question to you is as follows. Before being the the speaker, coach, loan officer, real estate investor, and your host of your own podcast, before the $100 in production, before all the stuff that everyone knows you for today... What we want to know is, who is Sean Zalmanoff? Man, you know, so I started in the mortgage business in 2002. So uh, if you're doing the math, that gives me roughly 16 years of experience right now. But I like to tell everybody I really have about 11 years of experience. Because those hmm. first five years, I woke up, went to work, and kind of just did the, the same thing year in and year out. Hmm expecting to make more money, expecting different results. We all know that's the definition of insanity. And then I really started to uh, to learn that uh, every day that I woke up, I knew less than actually I thought I did the day before. <laughs> uh, so, so I started in the business in my early 20s. And, you know, most people in their early 20s know more about everything in life than they than they. At that point in my life, I knew more than I ever did. And, you know, like I'm saying, every day I'm learn that I knew less and less. Mm -hmm. So I started to actually listen to some advice and I was worried, I worked at a few very small uh, companies to start, but there were a few account execs who used to come into the office when everybody in there was chasing some refi business. And one guy's name was Chris that I connected with and he started telling me, he's like, you know, there's going to be a day where refis don't exist anymore. And although he was wrong that it was going to be 2007 or 8, it's finally just happening now in 2018. But he said, you got to go develop business and you have to go develop relationships with realtors. And so I just didn't know any better. And I guess uh, maybe uh, he slid me a piece of paper or something that bit me that day. And I mean, I, I just started going and talking to every realtor I knew. And it was very interesting during that time. It's much harder just to do that now. First of all, they're not in their office. But second, every guy and gal in the mortgage business was out there chasing refinances. And so I was a mortgage guy walking into these offices, just having conversations. And they were asking me what was wrong with me because their lender never even showed up anymore. <laughs> and, you know, I learned some valuable lessons that were, were later materialized in the, the three words, know, like, and trust. But it just, I started making people like me. And man, what we tell people in our coaching world all the time, especially when we all in the mortgage world depend on realtors so much for our business, the person with the most friends wins. So <laughs> I just went out there and started making a lot of friends. I didn't even realize what I was doing at first and, uh, and started to really spawn that purchase business. So as the mortgage industry shifted and changed and bobbed and weaved and did everything that it's done over the years and, and has done that again in 2018, 
uh, continue to maintain those relationships. Even though I'm, I manage quite a large sales staff right now, I still have a team that works with me that, that has my name. And there's still a lot of realtors that, that I'm friends with. I mean, gosh, you know, we all went from being single together and uh, being, uh, you know, at, at bars and everything after work to, you know, now all our kids play together and, you know, we have barbecues together on the weekend. So just developed a lot of awesome relationships. And, and I think that anybody in the sales world who really, that's, that's where you have to start, mm. you know, you can just, you sense that desperate sales guy coming a mile away. <laughs> Commission breath. Yes. Totally. So, understood. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, no. So it's it just, man, you, you just make friends with people, you make them like you. And, you know, of course, like you got to deliver on goods and services, but that's what I find that most people in our world promise is their benchmark when that's just the floor and barrier and entry of what you should do in any profession that you decide to join in. There's something I wanted to say because <laughs> it was pretty funny when you said I started back in 2002. I was like, oh, that was before the iPhone. I was like, literally, <laughs> that was like time. It was a, like a time demarcation for me before iPhone or after iPhone. Um, so, you, but what I also see, and, and, and here's the question I've got to ask you, because you said the person with the most friends wins. Uh, 2002 is also really before social media, Facebook, and it becomes the thing that it is today. If you were starting today, is the rule the same? Person with the most friends wins? Uh, the, po the person with the most real relationships wins. Real. <laughs> <laughs> Not Facebook friends. So, yeah, if you just go friend 5,000 people to fill up your account, that is not necessarily going to uh, to reap you benefits. But, I, I mean, somebody who does that versus has 100 people on their social media platform would definitely be uh, in a better position to win. And, you know, as long as you're delivering content, I mean, that is a huge portion of, you know, what I teach my guys uh, – for our loan officers, what in the social media world and our next level loan officers, I mean, we have a ton of content on social media because if you're not meeting people where they're at, if you're not meeting your clients where they're at, if you're not meeting your realtors where they're at, you know, you're, you're missing out. And hmm. you might, you know, be, before everybody, I mean, gosh, in what, 1990 something, everybody loved an email. They couldn't wait to get to their email. And now our email <laughs> boxes are, are cluttered. And, you know, the, the old school way of writing handwritten notes, that really works well for some people. But, you know, I mean, text messages used to have like, you know, a 4 million percent open rate. Some people respond to them pretty well. Some people don't. Instant messenger, probably if you have somebody who is on Facebook, you could call a realtor or text a realtor 25 times. They don't respond to you. You send them a message on Facebook. And if they're on there a lot, they'll probably respond to you in two and a half minutes. And so it's just about really finding the medium of where people are and going to there to meet them where they're at. Got it. So, you know, I'm going to ask you some questions from the from the real estate investor side, uh, because they're first and then we'll talk about some more of the, you know, those that are listening, that are loan officers, et cetera, because I, being a person uh, in, in full disclosure, Sean, I've done a lot of real estate transactions. I have never because I am uh, by default, I don't know, I just got into the industry differently. I've never used a bank, not even once. Uh, all creative acquisitions, no loans uh, from, from through, through your channel ever. However, I have heard 
that it is very, very tough to find a good loan officer. Why is that? I mean, I think the number one reason is because the loan officer world, the mortgage banking world is a huge pie. And there are a lot of people who go into it and, you know, someone's like, I need a loan. I'm like, well, I can help you. And the very first thing they need to figure out is, what are you looking for? Right. What are you trying to accomplish? And is that something I do? Mm-hmm. And so when, you know, you have to find a loan officer who specializes in, in what you need, you know, like we do one to four family residential loans. So okay. anything Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, USDA, FHA, VA, any of those that that's in our wheelhouse An investment property up to, to one to four loans. We do those, but like even on my own flips, if I'm doing a construction loan um, on something, that's not my wheelhouse. I go to a local bank down the street uh, and I bought a six family last year. I bought or a couple years ago. Whoa, I bought whoa, the whoa, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. You just said, you said even on your own flips, you don't do your own loan. Did I hear that correctly? It's it's not it's not our wheelhouse. But it, you said it was it's the same product. It's the same uh, type of real estate, is it not? Or is it because the strategy is different? It, well, when the shorter you're holding it for, what the end purpose? Yeah, so that's what not just not just the collateral, but what the end goal is. So okay, so all right, so now this actually evolves more into a a much deeper discussion. So now what you're really saying is that just because someone's a loan officer doesn't mean that they can give a, me a loan, not only for the type of building, but also for the strategy that we're doing. Because, I mean, you, you're saying your company couldn't do or just chooses not to do shorter term loans. I'm confused. So I could do that loan. Um, it would be an ethical mm-hmm. violation of what the intent of how our business operates. Interesting. We're in the, we're in the permanent financing business. Got it. So I give somebody fix and flip money knowing that uh, they are not holding on to that property long term. I'm just not being an honest guy. Interesting. So, so, OK, so so I mean, I'm just asking for because I know there's a lot of people who I mean, we run into loan officers everywhere. They do feel like they're everywhere, by the way. Um, (laughs) but, but, and it feels like it doesn't matter, you know, to some degree, it feels like it doesn't matter which one you pick. Uh, yet what I am hearing from, you know, there's, there's definitely should be some criteria or something going on. So let's, let's help the, the average, uh, investor listening right now. What should we be asking to make sure that we've got the right person, the right guy, right gal who can help us? And if there were two easy questions, the first thing would be is, what do you specialize in? Hmm. If they can't answer that, it's probably not even worth asking them the second question. And it would be, tell me about the last last 10 mortgages you put together. Tell me about the last 10 people you helped. I can see a lot of people staring blankly when you you ask them, what do you specialize? I'm sorry, I'm chuckling in my head because I can imagine, you know, talking to a person who says, yeah, I do loans. Excellent. What do you specialize in? They're like, 
loans. (laughs) Right. I can see. That's the answer I'm expecting, Sean, is like, oh, we do loans. $4 billion commercial building or that $125,000 house down the street. I'm I'm your guy. Yeah, that's what they that's what they say. Okay, so do me a favor. That's your customer. That's your loan officer. How do you take that person and professionalize them so that they give better answers? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing you do, right? Hey guys, thanks for listening as always, and I'm glad that you continue to support with each and every download and subscription and share. One of the things that I want to ask you, though, is where are you listening to me from right now? I know some of you, maybe you're on a treadmill, maybe you're washing dishes, maybe you're walking that dog, and some of you are actually in a vehicle driving right now. One of the fun things that you can do, get some of your time back, is begin to living a car-free existence. But even then, it can be a little complicated. So one of the things that I want you to do is I want you to go over to Zipcar. Go to joinzipcar.com forward slash cash flow diary. It's a way that I am able to still go get a car just for a few hours very, very simply so that if I have a lot of errands to run and sheets to drop off and running to the short-term rentals or if I just want to go for a long trip up to LA and back, etc., I can rent a car for a very, very short period of time. And the cool part is I don't even have to pay for any gas. Again, go to joinzipcar.com forward slash cash flow diary. Well, that loan officer, if I didn't do a good job of hiring them in the first place, would not be working with me very long. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, first of all, you've got to be cool. You have to treat my people with respect. And you have to be you have to be good at something. I mean, you cannot put together multi-million dollar loans and then do residential loans. It, it just they don't work. It's not it's not even the same animal. Like the amount of paperwork that goes into those, the the structure of the loans, the collateral, how everything is looked at is so different. And so if somebody's like, man, I can do that all. What, what they're really doing is, you know, some investor called them, some bank somewhere called them and was like, hey, if you ever have a deal like this, call me, you can get paid on it. And so they just are like, wow, man, that's a $2 million loan. Maybe I can make a point. Gosh, if I can make $20,000, you know, I could make that three months of back mortgage payment that I haven't paid because I can't close any other loans. And uh, and, and so they, they're chasing that dream instead of specializing in me and what they're good at. And, you know, those guys who do those loans, the, those bigger loans, they're not a lot of them that they do a year, but there's good money in making them. In the residential loan market, you know, uh, my team, my good loan officers, the, the people that we coach, I mean, they're doing 10 to 25 transactions a month. I mean, and there are few industries in the world that you can make as much per transaction as you can in the mortgage business, as well as have as many at bats to help as many people. And so if you're focused on putting the people first and your realtors first and everybody first and providing value for them, then you're able to help more people and do more business in in the smaller piece of the pie that you choose to focus in. So let me ask you this, because now I have to know. Why lending? Like you could have done anything like, but why? Because it seems as though like in 2002, what made you go? I know 
I'll be a loan officer. <laughs> you know, I don't know anybody who ever woke up and said that. Um, That's so my I, point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I uh, graduated college in zero zero. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't ready for. I graduated in the winter of zero zero. I, I chose to spread out my last few semesters, and so I took an extra half. I think they called it a super senior semester back then. <laughs> and uh, the man, and I was just having a lot of fun. As you know, school was not challenging for me and uh, by only taking nine or ten hours it was uh, it was a lot of fun I was working in a, a restaurant and bar and managing the place and uh, my friends as I was coming back as I was still graduating that last semester they were like man the real world sucked and then I and then we were I knew how much they were making and you know I, I was making more money you know cash tips than than they were making mm um in their in their jobs and they were like stay here forever and uh in probably a year or two before that there was a gentleman who owned a mortgage business who used to come in uh, rather frequently during happy hour and he was always trying to convince me to come work with him and so uh over the course of 2001 i interviewed for probably 72 or three different jobs i, I had a goal at one point to get to 100 um <laughs> just because um i mean it was my, my, now that my brother or sister graduated college and uh, everybody thought like I needed to graduate and go get a job and I'm like, well, I graduated so I don't really think I need a job now because I got the degree. And um, so I just had fun, man. I was, I was traveling during the summer and the summer zero zero. I got to take two months and travel in Europe, mm. got concerts and, and just do whatever I wanted. And uh, so finally, uh, I, I came to this, well, what, what happened actually, uh, tragically 9-11 happened. And okay. Uh, we shut down the business for a few days um, during the course of that time and uh, came back in and the amount of money that the kids were spending evaporated instantly. Mm-hmm. So as the stock market crashed, as everything happened in that world, it was just instant that parents were like, well, you can't spend money anymore. And so mm-hmm. I was like, well, maybe I should actually do something else then. And so um, I called up uh, this, this guy who came in to do uh, our establishment a lot. I was like, hey, I think I'm ready, but there's no way I'm going to work here. I went to school at Mizzou in Columbia, Missouri. I was like, there's no way I'm going to stay in Columbia that, you know, I won't really show up to work if that happens. <laughs> and so there was uh, an office that he had in a St. Louis suburb. And I went and worked there for a little while. And, and that's kind of how it all started because he kept telling me that income that I could make, uh, you know, was, uh, was so much and I could help people and I could do all these cool things that, that I like to do. And, uh, you know, that it was, it was an interesting experience. It was nice. It was probably the, uh, it was a small version of boiler room, but, uh, <laughs> that place was, it, it was, it taught me every single thing that was wrong with the mortgage business. And uh, I, it, it was good because I actually almost considered opening a consulting company where I was just going to charge where they were just going to pay me to go find them the best loan because the, the products, not the products, but the rates and fees that we sold were so terrible that uh, I was like this. I, I just couldn't work there once I figured it all out. It was uh, they were just not right to people. <laughs> He's like, uh, no. No, uh, no, <laughs> totally understood. Totally understood. And for, for those of you who aren't familiar with the great 
piece of entertainment known as Boiler Room. It came out in 2000. Feel free to find it because <laughs> it, 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 it is a great, great movie. I like it too. But seriously, dude, 72 job interviews? Like, I, I don't even understand what could get you excited 72 different times to go it through wasn't, that. I, I was just going through the motions. I felt like it was keeping my brother and sister and dad and everybody happy. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going on another interview. Pops, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll take this You didn't one. really want – you just did it. Get, okay. You're just like, whatever. Keep. I want to go travel. I'm going to go on a job interview, and then you're going to leave me alone for a week. Is that, 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 that was basically your plan. You know, maybe there was a few uh, interviews I could line up in Chicago on a Thursday and then spend Friday, Saturday, and Sunday there. Or... Got it. And it worked out okay like that. I've never heard it. Okay, that's unique. I like your creativity. That is very, very clear. Now, <laughs> I'm curious, though, after such a bad experience, because oftentimes, I mean, you know, you have a bad experience at a restaurant. You don't go back and you had a bad girlfriend. You're like, ah, I'm done with women. It's over. But now you, you had a bad experience, we'll call it, uh, at this place. But instead of going to something different you go deeper uh well i went somewhere else and well no no uh, but you, you went deeper you went into a i mean instead of just being the loan officer you now teach loan officers you i mean there's a there's a there's a gap there there's a like how did that decision process happen well so so i i bounced around to a few companies after uh, after that happened, and then um, they, they were better places. They, everyone did mm -hmm. things a, a little bit better. Uh, actually, felt good about taking care of people. I opened up my own mortgage brokerage company for four years, and then I, I rolled that into uh, to the current place that I've been at for nine years now. And that, um, as I continued to grow, as I really continued to start investing in myself and my education and getting into coaching and getting into mortgage specific coaching, there was, uh, I just, my business really just started to take off. And, you know, some people have it, some people don't. Um, and man, it just, the, the sales kind of came easy mm. once I realized what I was supposed to do. Once I really started managing my time, getting clear on what I wanted, why it mattered. And, uh, that's that, that why has changed quite a few times over my life. But I just I found something that I was good at, and yeah. then uh, and then so of course anytime a sales guy finds something they're good at, then they think they can manage people. Um, which, <laughs> uh, but I didn't give up, and uh, and slowly learn what worked, what didn't work, and uh, just really learn how to treat people and build uh, an awesome and amazing culture where you know people are excited to come to work on Mondays and. It just it's continued to grow from there to where now I've branches in uh, in four states, soon to be six states, and uh, just you know working on taking over the world one piece at a time. And I mean, when you really look at the mortgage business as a whole, when I got into it, it was you know just refinance, refinance, refinance. But man, it's awesome helping people buy houses. Yeah. You know, you're helping somebody buy a house for the first time, uh, move up because they're having kids move downsize because they just had you know their last child move out they're buying investment property to, to plan for retirement or you know you, i mean you get some you know it's fun to do something for like 
a young 24, 25 year old, any, anybody of any age, but like when you get, you see somebody young with that entrepreneurial spirit and they're like, man, my first house I'm buying, I'm going to buy a four family. I'm going to live in a unit. The other three <laughs> pay for it. And so it's just exciting to be able to help people and give them great advice to put them on a path to hopefully uh, financial freedom for them at some point. Indeed, indeed, 100%. Now, um, I'm just curious because, and again, this is the way my brain works. When I go to buy like single family houses, I tend to buy, especially in your neck of the woods because of price point, uh, it's like, you know, 5, 10, 20 at a time, that type of thing. Do you guys even function in the blanket loan space? Nope. I love it. Your clarity is clear and this is great. And I want everybody to hear that. He's like, nope. There's, there was no like, well, we could. It's just no. And it, it, now it, it makes it so much easier to work with someone who has that level of clarity. I appreciate that. Uh, for yeah, sure. You know, those all the loans that we do there. I mean, almost it, arms are starting to come back a little bit as interest rates are rising. But I mean, almost everything has been a 15 or 30 year fix for so long. And when you're doing a, a large bucket of loans like that, I mean, yeah. we have to do every single loan individually. Mm -hmm. And it's, first of all, I mean, it's a pain for everybody involved. <laughs> and second, we don't get to look at it as, as the whole picture. We have right. to look at every loan individually. So when you're able to talk to a, a commercial bank, commercial, yeah. Lending their own money, who we don't have some of this, they don't have some of the same rules that we have to follow in the residential world, and they can just do one wrap loan around the whole thing. It's just so much easier. Yeah, totally understood. Totally understood. But the the thing that I I hope everybody heard is just the the definitive clarity in your voice. There wasn't even like because sometimes we can go nope. Uh, when someone when a potential customer asks us, do you do X Y or Z? There can be there's a there can be a, a no with a resignation sound like man I wish I did but there was none of that in your voice there was just like no and and it's and there was the, and I love that and I hope people picked up on that so Jay if you're really good at what you do like that man oh man I can finance five properties I can finance ten properties but what is that time costing you for what you could have invested in your actual real business that you're good at and you know how to do instead of chasing dollars that you're not going to be the best solution for somebody? And, you know, it doesn't mean because I say no to somebody now that they're not a potential client. Like we do a really good job of staying in front of people and being in front of them on Facebook and social media and mailers and emails and phone calls. And so they are going to remember how honest we were, how great of a job we did taking care of them by telling them they should go somewhere else. And when they have that residential need or somebody else has that residential need, then we're, we're here to help them with that. Yeah, uh, that and that's uh, that's exactly what I love. You are a rare bird, to say the least. So another question, kind of selfishly, but at the same time, something <laughs> we are actively looking for um, as we continue to expand and our students continue to expand the short term rental portfolios. We many of them are now getting to the point. Well, and so that you understand Basically, when we're educating people in short term rentals, we do so for the specific purpose of making sure they get enough units. They lease enough units uh, initially so that they can build up enough money, uh, enough pa uh, enough net cash flow from the operations to be able to make uh, down payments on properties that they can hold long term. 
the challenge that we've had is finding a anyone who can actually generate a loan on a one to four family house uh, so that now that they're ready, they're ready to go ahead and buy that house. But obviously when they buy that house or that duplex or tri or quad, they're going to run it as a short term rental as well. Um, is this any type of financing that you guys have run into? Is this are you looking at new advanced stuff like that? So the the way that the Fannie Mae, uh, Freddie Mac, FHAA leases are all are set up is you're not supposed to do at least with the the government loans the FHA and VA you're not supposed to do short term rentals. Um, the uh, Fannie and Freddie don't have that specific clarity inside of there, so it's possible to do it. You know, so so that's the book answer. Uh, the the real answer is is that if you make your payments on time and you take good care of your property. <laughs> Nobody's ever going to know. So like, you know, just do it right and tell them it's an investment property. And, uh, you know, if they ask you for more information, you can tell them. But like if you just tell somebody, hey, I'm buying this as an investment property and you're doing a VRBO on it or, you know, Airbnb would whatever the numerous websites that are out there. Like, I mean, if you do it right, nobody ever is going to be any of the wiser. So now let me ask this question. When it comes to the ever-changing landscape uh, of loans, is that like, how hard is that for you to stay on top of? I mean, I, I assume you, you over, if you're you're out there helping loan officers become better at what they do, that that's a part of your job is to stay in front and, and, and understand all of that. How much time do you actually get to even do a loan today? <laughs> So you mentioned right at the very beginning uh, about you must have an amazing team. Yes. And there is, uh, man, it's, it's about staying in your lane and doing what you're good at. And, man, I love advising my guys on sales. And the the mortgage market changes at, uh, at a lightning pace as far as rules and regulations. I think last year there was like 17 rule changes per month is what it averaged. And uh, at the height of the foreclosure and crisis, uh, it was even crazier than that. Now, a lot of the changes that happened last year have actually made it a little bit easier uh, to get loans. But I have uh, an awesome ops manager. Uh, she has a backup and we have five killer processors who have access to all the guides and everything everywhere. So. Um, when there are those questions or anything, like they know exactly who to go to uh, to get answers right away. And at one point, when I was uh, just a loan officer, and like you know, that was how I fed my family before I really grew the team and had all that. And I knew guidelines, and, mm -hmm. and I, I was happy to go toe to toe with an underwriter on it because like I probably knew it better than they did. Um, at this point. It's just, it's not the highest and best use of my time. So I have other people here who it is and who, even if they don't know it, they know exactly where to go to get the answers. And so they then are, uh, are the ones Got who it. Uh, answer those questions. Teamwork makes the dream work. Totally like it. Like it a lot. Now, for those that have listened this far, though, um, and are like, wow, I, I like who knows, maybe they have a need in, in Missouri or maybe they know a loan officer. That's what I think. I think we have a lot of listeners who are going to be like, I wish my loan officer talked to this guy. <laughs> so what's going to be the best way for them to find out more about what you guys got going on? 
uh, you know, you can check us out if you wanted to uh, to find out about mortgage stuff at uh, seanzmortgage.com. That's S-E-A-N-Z mortgage.com. Uh, we're licensed in roughly half the states in the country, so you might be somewhere that somebody on my team can help you. Or, you know, that, that old-fashioned phone, you can always call the office at 314-361-9979, and we're here to uh, to help you. Derek and Gordon are uh, my main guys who uh, who handle all the loan business, and, you know, they're, uh, they're here to take care of you and uh, answer any questions. And, you know, like we told you, if it's something we can't do. Uh, now, in, in our market, we're really good about the referrals to the local banks and where you should go for that. And if it sounds like, you know, you're not exactly sure where to go in your market, man, if you have a good producer, and that's another thing too, like depending on the market that, that you're in, um, a really solid producer is gonna do somewhere between, you know, 20 and 40 million in loans a year. Uh, the our loan sizes uh, are going to be a fair amount smaller than uh, without <laughs> California. Uh, average loan size is south of two hundred thousand um, dollars. So the, the loan officer in California is probably doing forty or fifty million a year uh, to to be decent. But the more business that somebody does, the less products they probably offer. So they're going to have that relationship of, oh man, you need to go to Sue down the street. She's awesome at construction loans. Or you need to go to Bob over there. You know, he's going to be good at a wrap loan to buy those three properties together. And so they're going to have better contacts than that person who's just trying to get all the business. Totally understood. Now, as we wind down, I've got a final question for you because I'm kind of curious to hear your answer. Um, yeah. I believe that there's a listener who's been, you know, tagging along in this episode and they're, they're at that point. They're at that point of what I like to call the precipice of decision. They're like, you know what? I'm going to make real estate happen. Or they're going, you know what? I can, I can become a loan officer. I'm going to call Sean. This is great. I, I have a shot. Um, but you know, like I know is that when we reach these moments, uh, oftentimes we have a companion, a companion often in the form of a voice that reminds us of how it didn't work and how, oh my God, are you going to really do what? Someone's, you think you honestly are going to do $20 million of business a year? You, I know you. I mean, and for some people, they're actually related to that voice. So my <laughs> Sometimes question- Sometimes it's inside their head too. Yeah, right. <laughs> so <laughs> my question to you is as follows. Um, let's pretend that this time is going to be different they're actually going to follow through and they're going to do exactly what you say, Sean, and they're going to do so in the next 24 to 48 hours. What would you suggest that they do? And you have to get really clear on what you want and why that matters to you. Um, if you don't have that why, and like when, when we coach people and talk about why, we go why times five. It's like, I want to take this job because I want to make more money. Well, I mean, that's good. But why do you want to make more money? So I want to provide for my family. Well, why do you want to provide for your family? Because, you know, you know, my, my parents were divorced when I was young and, you know, my mom struggled to pay bills. And, you know, I, I don't want that for my family. I want to be able to them to play club sports and travel on spring break trips and do those things. And that why has to be so powerful that if you have a mountain in front of you, if you had to pick up a shovel and move that mountain with a shovel, you would do it. And if you don't have that why, then you need to stick with what you're doing right now. But if you're that committed, you'll succeed and you'll do it. And um, that's exactly I, I, I love how clear, like I said, I love how clear you are. I know I keep saying it, but you're 
you were just really that clear, which is great. Uh, and, and it comes across in the way that you communicate. And I hope that other people understand that how powerful that is, not only for you, but for those that choose to either work with you or more importantly, those that you are impacting and influencing. So uh, let me be the, the first to say, uh, you know, thanks for taking the time to share your knowledge, your wisdom, as well as your insight here with us today at The Cashflow Diary. Thank you very much, Jim. Pleasure to be a guest with you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's time for you to move at the speed of instruction. What does that mean? That means he gave you his phone number. That's called call it. That's really what it means. Why? Because you know like I know. You've been, A, looking for that uh, loan officer. Maybe you're in the Missouri area. Maybe you are that loan officer and you're ready to go to the next level. What does that mean? Start today. Do not leave moments of decisions without taking measurable action toward them. And your measurable action is a phone call away. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been fun talking to you today. I look forward to talking to you soon. Until next time.